Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Houghton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. I hope you are doing well and staying safe. In this week's episode, I am going to explore some various strategies over how to invest in a downturn. And these are strategies that not only am I adopting, but also I know other listeners to the podcast and just general conversations from various FI meetup groups that uh, I'm in, these strategies that we are adopting. So I thought it might be worthwhile me sharing that. Before I get onto that uh, topic, I just want to give a couple of shout outs. Uh, So firstly, a couple of guys from the Madrid Fire meetup group that I met have launched a new dating website called firedating.me. And the particular website is, and I'll read it here, the first and only dating website for fire people. So effectively, if you are currently single and you're looking to date, I've often mentioned it on the show, if you can find a partner that has the same ideas about money and investing that you do, that your fire journey will be significantly easier as a result. So well done to the guys behind this. I think it's a great idea. And certainly if you are on the dating market, then I would highly recommend it, especially given the current lockdown that we're in. I think online dating uh, is probably a good way to pass the time. When I first invested in peer-to-peer lending, I mentioned it, I've mentioned it a few times on the show, particularly in interviews, that we've never seen the impact of the peer-to-peer lending industry when a recession hits. And certainly it has had a major, major shakeup in the last couple of months. Unfortunately, a particular platform that I have recommended on the show before and to listeners, Grouper, appears to have completely unfolded a potential scam or at least a bit of a Ponzi scheme, which is extremely, extremely disappointing. And I think it's one thing for me to lose money, but to know that listeners of the show have also potentially lost money is incredibly disappointing. It's caught many of us by surprise. Groupair was considered the second biggest peer-to-peer lending platform behind Mintos in Europe. So for this to kind of unravel has been fairly interesting. And unfortunately for me, it's been another hit to my portfolio. But look at at this stage, I think I'm trying to put as much in perspective as I can. And I'll certainly take that on the chin. I've been fairly active in terms of trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. And there's been about 10 investors who have started a group to try and find out what's been going on with Grouper. We've contacted various lawyers and so on. And because Grouper is actually an Irish company, it's bought in the Irish Gardee. And this has been quite an interesting experience. And I think it's been eye-opening for me, particularly being not from Ireland originally. I think Irish people have always had such respect for their police force, and I'm not surprised. They are absolutely phenomenal, to the point that I put an email into a particular email address addressing concerns about uh, Groupier, and within a few hours, I had a phone call, basically, you know, somebody speaking to me and saying, look, we're on the case, can you provide this information for us? And within two days, they actually had some action, and they, I believe that they've been able to make some progress. So... Yeah, it really, really is something to be proud of. But also it highlights the fact that perhaps some of the Irish platforms, some of the Irish peer-to-peer platforms is where we should be going. And I think what we're going to start to see in the peer-to-peer lending industry is not only far more transparency, but also 
a look to invest in platforms that maybe are a little bit safer than what we were investing in previously. And ironically for Grouper, it wasn't a case of an investio where the returns were promised as 18, 21%. Grouper was promising 12 to 14%, which at the time didn't seem too outrageous. So it's certainly been something of interest. And I think I mentioned on the last episode that I've been looking for funding to purchase a forest. Uh, for Forestry Crowd, I've actually changed tact a little bit. I've actually put a purchase in, which has got sale agreed, for a new greenfield. And I'm planning on planting 12,000 native trees. So I'm actually trying to do a native tree planting campaign, which is going to be really, really exciting. And I actually mentioned that I wasn't getting anywhere with some of the banks, but I was pleased to say that uh, I got a letter on Thursday to say, Mr. Houghton, you've been approved a loan of 50,000 euros, which is great. And I've got the option now to take that or not. I personally don't want to. I've actually just read Donald Trump's book, The Art of the Deal. And even though I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a fan, I certainly wouldn't say I'm a fan of Donald Trump as a president, but I will give it to him. His book was actually pretty good. I was actually pretty impressed by it. And he talks about how he thinks about deals and how he kind of has his mind around it. And what he basically says is he always goes into a deal, making sure he's got very little downside, but plenty of upside. And one thing that he recommends is to never borrow money or try to avoid borrowing money under your own name, trying to borrow it as a company or whatever. So for the Bank of Ireland loan, that's great. I've got that there, but I still wanted to have a business loan ideally. So I managed to reach out to Flender, which is an Irish peer-to-peer based platform. And yeah, I've been dealing with a guy named Paul and the experience has been incredibly positive. And I've managed to kind of, I guess, see it from the other side. You know, I've always had my investing hat on to actually see it from a lending side. And yeah, I mean, they do. They, they promise everything they say on the box. And I genuinely got a turnaround within 48 hours. And I was delighted to, to say that uh, they actually approved my loan, which is great as well. And again, I'm not sure yet if I'll take it. I'm still considering all of my options. But the experience has been positive. And I think one thing that Paul told me, and it's really something that I would like to pass on to everybody if they're in a situation now is that there are Irish businesses that are good businesses that are now applying for loans on Flender. But Paul did mention to me that they are a little bit concerned that investors aren't jumping in as quickly as maybe they were. And I guess my challenge for you right now is if you have cash and you're holding back, you can't sit on the fence forever. All right. And I've seen it. I've seen it from people already. I invested quite a significant amount of money two weeks ago in the share market, adopting that process of never catch a falling knife. I went and caught it and I actually got an email from Ralph Benson to say, hey, look, I just saw when you purchased and everybody else was selling, by the way, when I purchased, he said, geez, I could see you're already well up on that. So that's a good job, you know, because the share market has seemed to have made a recovery. And I suspect it's making a recovery because the response from governments has been pretty good, right? We do not have people on the streets that we could have had in some cases, right? Look at the Irish government in particular. Yes, they let the Italians in. That was a little bit of a disaster. I no doubt they regret that. But their response since then, I think we can all agree, has been pretty, pretty good. And considering that we'd actually have a government that wasn't even elected, you know, fair play to them from that point of view. Um, But look, back to the point here, we can't sit on the fence forever. And if you are in a situation, and I really, I mean, I guess I'm I'm trying to pass this on from Flinder's behalf as much as anything, is that Flinder and and I guess Linked Finance as well, are both companies that are actively trying to help Irish businesses. And Irish businesses now need us as investors more than ever. So if you are in a situation where you do have some excess cash, let it be one or 200 euros, then I would say, please go and have a look at those platforms. See if there's any businesses that you might like to support and see what we can do to try and get the economy going again, because these businesses right now need our support. As for 
the Eastern European, Latvian bloc and so on, yeah, proceed with caution. Unfortunately, that's been a bit of an eye-opener. And as I said it previously, I am deeply sorry if you have been caught up in that just like I have. And I am actively, actively doing whatever I can. And I've talked about this before. I do have plenty of time. So there is no reason for me not to do everything that I can to make sure that justice is served here. And certainly I'm not promising any money back. And to be honest, I don't even think that's what I'm majorly concerned about. It's wanting to see these guys behind bars if they have, in fact, been proven to have done something criminal. One of the weaknesses in my strategy from an investment point of view was that I never really carried enough cash. I was a little bit lucky to a degree because I started the forestry project. I've been pulling cash out since about mid-January. So luckily for me, I already had a little bit of cash out. But one of my strategies had been, right, well, if I'm ever in a situation where I need cash or need an emergency fund, well, I could always just sell my peer-to-peer loans on the secondary market. And that's all well and good when the economy's going well. But take what's happened, you now can no longer sell your loans on the secondary market not without a significant discount. So my strategy had major, major flaws and in some platforms have just done a three-month freeze. And unfortunately, because we're in an unregulated environment, we don't actually really know if those platforms are scams or if they're being legitimate and just honestly giving those companies a three-month extension. So look, it's scary times and I'm certainly going to be the first one to admit that I got it wrong if, in fact, I did. And I think One of the interesting things is, and there's a kind of a campaign going around at the moment, don't listen to bloggers on investing advice. And there's a little bit of truth in that. And I've mentioned this before that I am a bad investor, right? I'm not great. And like I always say to yourself, do your own research. You know, don't take what I say as gospel because I'm not great. And the stats kind of speak for themselves, right? And look, I'm fairly upbeat about this because I know that I'm going to learn from it and get better. And I'm such a long run thinker anyway, that I'm not overly concerned. And any money that I did invest, I always invested going into it, knowing that I could lose it. So that was always part of it. But I actually calculated it the other day. I have lost a massive 13,000 euros on investments that ended up being scams. 13,000 euros like 20% of my portfolio ended up being scams. So let that sink in for a second. The scary thing is that that doesn't include the existing investments, which I don't know yet are scams or not. That's quite a scary, scary thought that there could still be another 13,000 in there for all I know that might in fact be scams. Now, I will say this, that stat lies a little bit because there were a couple of investments that I had that ended up paying off, which well, I'm not going to say neutralize that, but at least at least made that number not quite as bad as it seems, right? So that certainly helps. But that doesn't include the 6,000 euros that I lost earlier in the year trading gold. And I just put a side note here that since that, I've obviously learned from that, as I mentioned I would. And I'm pleased to say that I've actually been trading fairly well the last couple of months. And I've started to reduce that loss largely, which is great. Certainly not fully reduced, and it won't be for many years to come. But the lessons have been learnt, and I am making improvements, which is great. It also doesn't include the 4,000 euros that my share market portfolio is down. I mentioned in the past that I invest in the share market through my pension. It is the ultimate long-run investment for me. I am 14 years away from being able to access that. Even when I get to there, it won't be a case of taking it all out. It will just be a case of maybe taking 25% out and going from there. And the reason I want to talk about the share market is because I mentioned in the last episode that you actually don't learn anything from passive investments. And look, to be honest, the more I reflected on that, the more I realized that that probably isn't true. You certainly learn a lot about yourself from passive investing. 
and you also learn to handle the ups and downs. And I have been fairly optimistic throughout the process of the share market falling, which has probably surprised me, but I think mentally I was really, really prepared for it. And I maybe talked about it on the show that I was looking forward to a crash because that for me was an opportunity. And one of the books that I would recommend if you are investing in the share market is one by J.L. Collins called A Simple Path to Wealth. And he effectively put everything in the share market. He survived the 87 crash. He talks about how he survived 2008. And he's now in his 60s, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and lives a the, lives the simple life. He's, he's never wanted for much. But it's a great story. And look, it's an American story. So some of it doesn't relate to us with the 401ks and so on. But the general principle is sound. Look, it would be different if I was a couple of years away from retirement, right? Or at least a couple of years away from cashing my entire pension in. And in that case, I would have been making adjustments anyway by moving some of that portfolio to safer asset classes to begin with. But what I'm doing anyway, and what I would at least would recommend, if you've been sitting on the sideline for the last couple of years and haven't started investing yet, then do not continue to sit on the sidelines. This is the greatest opportunity that you are going to see. And we've already seen the share market recover from the bottom. Now, it could go down further, but even if you were buying in at today's prices and it did, you're still going to be a lot, lot, lot lower than for a lot of us who were right at the peak and still buying in. So just just keep that in mind. You can't sit on the sideline forever. I think this is saying that the best thing for the share market is what's called time in the market, right? Rather than trying to time the market. From my point of view, I am, as you guys know, moving away from peer-to-peer at the minute, trying to really move away from passive investing other than index funds through my pension. So that's still a massive part of my portfolio and certainly one that particularly now I will highly recommend. I'm still pushing money into my trading capital as part of my day trading strategy. I wouldn't really call it day trading. I would call it more like month trading. I tend to hold trades for two to three weeks. And then, as you guys know, my forestry project, which I am trying to get as much cash as I can at the moment to pour into that. If you guys are looking for the peer-to-peer lending platforms, and again, I can't really, obviously I've lost a lot of credibility on this front, but Mintos is still doing well by the looks of it. And there seems to be a lot of transparency there, which is great. They do have some problems with some of the loan originators. But I think it's fair to say that if platforms survive what's happening now, we're weeding up the bad ones and we're going to know what the good ones are. So in many ways, this is a cleansing process and we're going to really know what has survived and what hasn't. Certainly the Irish ones are good. Flender, Linked Finance and Property Bridges. And I think, again, my reason for recommending them right now is because I've seen the Guardi's response to what happens when one of these platforms have a little bit of suspicious activity. And I've just been amazed by our police force. So Yeah, if these platforms in Ireland with Irish people running them are going to pull a fast one, they're not going to get far. The Irish Gardaí will hunt them down. So I think from that point of view, at least we're safe knowing that we're not getting involved in a scam. And I think the most disappointing aspect for me is that when you put your money in and you find out it's a scam, it's just heartbreaking. It's one thing if the loan goes bad or if it's defaulted loan or even if the share market drops. That's out of your control. That's part of the investment, right? You can live with that. In the case of the share market dropping, my uh, portfolio being down 4,000 euros, that's temporary. I know in a couple of years that'll be back up and everything will be fine as long as I don't sell. But when something actually goes bad because it's a scam and you know somebody's profited on your capital, that's nasty. That is nasty, nasty stuff. And like I said, I'm getting well used to it now. 
but at the same time, it's a horrible thing. The last point I want to make before I wrap this up, and I appreciate this has been a bit of a longer episode than normal, right now is the time to be doing stuff. And look, I know I've been saying for ages, take action, so on and so forth. But what I've noticed is that everybody's gone quiet. And how I see it, it's a little bit like when Forrest Gump and Bubba buy the shrimping boat. So Forrest goes and buys the boat and, you know, you see him montage after montage. He's bringing his haul and he's catching no, he's catching no shrimp or prawns or whatever it is. And then the big storm comes and he survives. And next minute, he's just got all of these prawns. Well, that's what's happening to me right now, right? I can actually get people on the phone. People are actually calling me. Whereas two months ago, I could never get them on the phone. Now, suddenly people are calling me saying, look, Michael, we've got a deal for you. Or I can actually call somebody up and, and actually get them on the phone. It's lovely from that point of view. So from where I'm sitting, I'm feeling like Forrest Gump owning a prawn boat where all the other boats have been washed away. Think about that. Think about your investment strategy, what you've learned from this experience, how you can get back on the horse and go again. And like I said, if you have been sitting on the sidelines, please, please, now is the time to get off the bench and go and play some ball. As always, if you have any questions on this episode, reach out to me at michael at firepodcast.ie. Otherwise, I look forward to catching you on the next episode. If you're a big fan of the show, why not become an Irish Fire Podcast member for free? Members receive access to inside information that isn't shared on the podcast, as well as regular updates such as a monthly newsletter. To become a member, visit www.firepodcast.ie.